Okay. So, yeah, there we go. Something is recording. Okay, here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to Two Nerds Maybe More. Today is Sunday, February the 16th, 2020, and today is our very first episode. I am one half of the show. My name is Michael Skarzynski, and here with me today, as hopefully every day, will be the one and only Martin Larson. How are you doing today, Marty? Hello. It's Sunday. What's not to like about it? It's the one day out of two days where I'm not working. So it's it's great, right? It's always a positive. It's always a positive. So like I said, this is um this is episode one. How are you feeling about the show today? Uh the brand new adventure that we are about to embark on. I am looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to getting, you know, get the dust removed from the microphone, you know, and just, you know, as a cobweb up here, I still need to clean out. (laughs) But, you know, just get ready. Uh, I think this episode, because we'll also be a little bit bare bone when it comes to sound design and stuff like that, because we decided to basically last week, we decided, hey, let's do a show. And now we, we are recording and we don't have anything ready as we are recording right now. So who knows how this might sound when it actually hits your ears. I mean, you know it right now when you're listening to it, but we don't know now that we're recording it so that's sort of like where we are right right now yes that's right we are kind of without all the bells and whistles that you might expect but it is episode one we have room to grow and we're not quite at the point where we know exactly where we're going with this this is just kind of we wanted to get on the airwaves we wanted to talk we wanted to have a good time and we wanted to share it with a bunch of people so um here we are so other than that how's your week been so far um, what have you been up to in anything? For those who don't know, this is going to be a primarily gaming-related podcast, but we may delve into comic books and movies and stuff like that from here from time to time. But what have you we been are, up to? We're human after all. We do not only play games. We also pay our taxes. We also uh, <laughs> talk politics. No. Um, this is not a podcast <laughs> about politics, so don't worry. We probably won't bring that into the show all that much. All right, fair enough. But no, my week this week, I think it's been it's been a different week for me. Actually, I've, uh, I've been playing World of Warcraft. That's not that different. Um, but during the, the week, I randomly jumped into a puck group, like a pickup group, where just there was a guild run. I noticed in the in the in the raid finder where they were looking for just a few extra people, and I was like, oh. I could. They needed a healer. I'm a healer. I need. I wanted to get in and to raid, so I joined them, and uh, they were just a really fun bunch of people. Uh, a good chunk of them were Danish, but it's not a Danish guild. It, it is a European guild, so they have different nationalities. But a good chunk of them was was Danish, and uh, I really enjoyed it so much. So I actually messaged them afterwards and were like, "Hey, do you actually need a healer?" And they said, "No." So, <laughs> uh, they didn't need a healer, but they did. They they are recruiting, and they they wanted some ranged DPS. So I was like, okay, um, I can figure something out. Uh, and I actually, some people 
who are listening to this might know. Some people, a lot of people probably don't know that I started out this World of Warcraft expansion with playing my ele- uh, an elemental shaman, which is a ranged class. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll dust that one off and, and join with that one. And so, yeah, most of my weekend has basically been... Uh, besides preparing for this show has been trying to gear up the good old shaman i'm in their guild now and uh yeah i'm i'm starting going to start to raid with them from next week and onwards nice um i've also been leveling up a ranged dps character except mine is a warlock um i'm just doing the basics though i'm not even getting ready for a normal raid i'm just doing world quest to get my my gear level up a little bit so other than that that's all i've been doing in world of warcraft <laughs> Fair enough. Have you been playing other stuff than World of Warcraft then? Um, yes, actually, I've been playing quite a bit of Hearthstone. For those who don't know, both Marty and I were big into Blizzard games. World of Warcraft is the one where we kind of meet in the middle for the most part. So if we delve into that from time to time, please understand that that's that's what we play pretty much on on a daily or every other daily basis. So if we delve into that realm, bear with us. But I've been playing World of Warcraft, Hearthstone. Um, I've Delved into Wolson, which we will be discussing a little bit later on in the show. We'll go a little bit mm. deeper into the thoughts and opinions on Wolson. Um, and other than that, not too much. I did pick up a couple games on Steam, which were the um, Mega Man X collection games. So mm. I started playing the first Mega Man X, which I'm a huge fan of. I'm not a speedrunner of it or anything like that, but I am proud of the fact that I can get through all of the maverick bosses in less than 30 minutes so this one has a save feature so i don't have to worry about the passwords so i just called it a night at that it was pretty nice and civ 6 i still occasionally delve into civ 6 during my lunchtime at work it's on my laptop it's what i put the most hours into while i'm at lunch sometimes i forget to eat lunch because i'm playing (laughs) civ 6 during my break but i i've always had a little bit i I, i've had a difficult time with civ uh, I, I I don't know. It, it it just doesn't work for me that game. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Does this? It's just too. I don't know. Big too many things. I don't know. It's it's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It does take a little bit to get used to it, and it is like an acquired taste. You know, it's an introduction to the four X type style games, I guess. But I like those strategy type games, so I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, and we also played uh, some board games yesterday. In the, in the virtual space. Oh, yes, I was a part of that. You were a part of that for a change. <laughs> it's early, okay? I don't... <laughs> I wake up before 6.30 every morning. So on the weekends, I like to turn the alarm off and just kind of get yeah. your natural sleep in and just wake up when I wake up. So, But we yeah. played... Uh, what was it? Was it Cockroach Poker? Is that what it was yeah. called? Yeah. It was... It was- it was quite fun. I I, I I remember because I was late. I, I, I took an old man nap. An old man nap is a nap that you didn't really plan for um, <laughs> and woke up and I was like, oh, crap, I'm late. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I was 45 minutes late and just jump on Discord to just uh, listen to the other guys before, you know, just to hear what they were playing. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? This sounds so peculiar. Uh, but then actually got into the game and, and it took me... It, I think it's fairly easy to get into. It took me like the first round, and then I was like, oh, this is what it's all about. And uh, it's basically about bluffing. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
Where, I guess that's where the poker aspect of the name comes in because otherwise it doesn't resemble <laughs> poker in any way. Not at all, no. <laughs> yeah, but, it was actually, fun. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, w- I was about to say the same. It, it was really good, really good fun. Uh, and I definitely wanted to, to play that a bit more, maybe even get like a physical copy so I can play with my, my in real life friends uh, as well because, you know, it was fun. Yeah, it was very interesting. I didn't quite get it when the rules were explained, but once we started playing, I got it a lot easier. So it is definitely one of those games that I feel you learn better by just playing it. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah. All right. And then aside from that, I think we can move right into our first discussion point of today. Let's um, do it. Because we both watched something on Netflix, <laughs> a little show called Dracula. This is the gaming podcast that started about talking about <laughs> what we watched on Netflix. <laughs> yes. In this week's edition of Netflix specials. Um, <laughs> so like I said, we're going to delve into random topics from here that, uh, from time to time with the primarily gaming focusing. But that's after this first bit. Um, but we did both watch Dracula on Netflix, which was a surprising, not a 45 minute show but rather an hour and a half. And at least from my opinion, a very enjoyable hour and a half. Oh yeah. And I, I had the same thing. I I was like thinking, because we talked about, yeah, uh, uh, you, you asked me if I'd seen this, this series and I hadn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I actually, actually I like Dracula stories and vampires that are not uh, glow. Uh, what's it? Sparkly. Um, so, <laughs> The disco ball Dracula. <laughs> I like the normal ones. Um, so yeah, so I was like, yeah, I want to watch this. And uh, usually before I, I go to sleep, I watch mm-hmm. an episode or something. So I was like, oh, let's, before I go to sleep, let's watch an episode of Dracula. And I was like, started it up and realized that, oh, this is one and a half hour long. I guess I'm not watching this right now because then I will get to bed really late. <laughs> Uh, so I planned my the next day a little bit better. So I went to bed one and a half hour before, so I could actually watch this. And uh, yeah, that was, as you said, a very enjoyable uh, one and a half hour. Um, yeah, you can definitely tell that the story bits are what's driving it, like the overall story. Um, they really kind of expand on Dracula as a character and mm-hmm. go into his bit a little bit more so than other things about Dracula where you kind of just see him in the shadows and he occasionally does creepy things. This one has Dracula kind of on screen quite a bit. Uh, Mm. For those who are wondering, it is not necessarily like a horror movie where you're going to get jump scares here and there and it's spooky. It's more of a, I would say like a mystery thriller where like you're trying to figure out what's going on with the story. What's, what's Dracula's, aim what's this guy that you're talking to and it does have a few twists and turns along the way um i don't want to spoil it for anybody that might still want to watch it but i will say that um there's a certain name of an individual that's dropping there Mm. and i was not expecting it to be that character um i did kind of get some inklings of it but it's really cool that the way that they're going about it yeah it's different from the from the original story isn't it because i i when i i went straight to google afterwards just to google that name's car that uh, character's name and we're like yeah, okay so this is 
only tied to to this version. So they actually did change that character to only be part of this story. But but I'm really looking forward to see where they're heading with with all of this. Yeah, it's only three episodes long, but each episode is about an hour and a half. So uh, yeah. <laughs> you're in for a uh, for a good amount of chunk of time if you're looking forward to that. Um, any other last things on Dracula before we decide to move on? Well, how did you think uh, the actor who portrayed Dracula did? Because I think he did like a really amazing job. A uh, very charismatic, mm. very charismatic actor. Um, he added a lot to the role. And each Dracula has a bit of a different uh, approach to him, right? Like no matter what you watch, no matter what your opinion is of the movie like you have dracula in the van helsing movie where he is more of like this over the top oh oh <laughs> and then you have uh your dracula 2000 movie where he was more of like the romantic seducer and got everybody it's like different bits of dracula and this one is more of a charismatic aristocrat mm. aristocrat aristocrat <laughs> thinking of disney movies uh, <laughs> He's more of like an aristocrat that speaks illogically and is intelligent. And they go for more of that. He's suave, but at the same time, he is Dracula. So his be- his inner beast comes out in fits of rage and things like that. I thought it was very interesting. Mm. For you as a, a native English speaker, how is his accent? Um, It depends because there's different versions of him throughout the show. Um, but... I think it's really well. It's really well done. Um, you can tell that there is a little bit of an accent there, but not enough where I can place where he might be from. Okay, he's from Denmark. Just want to oh. point that out. Yeah, just like me. So yeah, so just, just... Um, there's a big difference between when he's speaking English and you're speaking English. <laughs> yeah, I have way less accent than he has. So oh yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna sure. Let's go with sure. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's jump into something completely different. This is gaming related. This is nothing to do with Dracula, even though that there was a lot of suspense, a lot of thrills uh, going through this next subject, with which is uh, the race to world first. Uh, if you play World of Warcraft, you know what it is. If you don't play World of Warcraft, then uh, what basically happens every six months, roughly, is that a new uh, big raid dungeon, uh, 20 players... Uh, 420 players will will be released and uh, all of the the top guilds around the globe will uh, try and clear it the fastest and uh, that's the race to world first um, before we jump completely into the race to world first though uh, Michael how would you like to play World of Warcraft or any game but with no sound at all I don't think that I could do it um, sound is very important to me at least it brings me into the world it builds the atmosphere so um i know that there are people that can't but for me sound is it's very important for me mm. i cannot imagine no because half of my raid experience when i'm doing raids is uh also the sound design because and there's sound cues uh so sometimes there's a sound then you know oh this appeal is about to happen. I need to watch out. Uh, but there is a group of raiders uh, playing World of Warcraft, and the whole guild is deaf, and um, they just uh, they just cleared cleared the raid as well. A whole deaf guild. 
that is um that's crazy impressive it's crazy impressive and it's pretty amazing that they were able to one complete it but two find each other within this world and this space and find an enjoyable aspect to it i think when we used to do our previous podcast the blue recluse i think we touched on something like this a little Mm. bit before we we wrapped it up over there um it might have been the same group where they cleared a raid and huge shout outs guys like huge shout outs i know they can't hear the shout outs but (laughs) um if somebody has a transcript eventually of this episode and you would like to share it with them huge shout outs and congratulations and continue enjoying the game Mm. glad to hear you guys are able to enjoy it I also really like that the uh, on, on the Reddit post that I found this, uh, you can see, you know, the players have titles above their head. One of them is an arena master and someone commented, and don't tell me a deaf person has been kicking my ass in arenas without voice comms. And they, <laughs> they just had to reply. Yeah, we're sorry. Uh, we are sorry to say, but we have a few arena masters and a warlord or two. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. These guys are amazing. Um so yeah. Anyway, back to the race to world first. Uh, I don't think we'll go too much into detail about how you know the race progressed and stuff like that. We know by now that uh, uh, Limit, the American Guild, got the race to world first this time. Yes. So con- congrats, Michael! It's the first time in I believe seven years or something like that that uh, you guys took the big one home. Well, you know, Bob, it was a tough challenge, but we finally climbed that hill. We were able to make it happen, and I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> yes, the NH finally took the win. They uh, finally got over the hump that is Method, which is the EU guild. Um, it was a interesting tier. It always is now that the Racer World First has kind of expanded with the guild streaming. We're now able to see the things that they've always been able to see. So... Now everything is a little bit magnified. Everything is a bigger deal. So now it's not just NA1, but all the different things that went into it that NA did in order to win and the challenges that they they encountered. So congrats to Limit on taking it home for the United States. We appreciate it. Your supporters, we love you. Um, (laughs) And GG Method, I mean, they're still... One of the best guilds out there. They were world second, so um, no shame in second, Marty. No shame in second. <laughs> you were just first to lose. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what one of the things that I really wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about is, you know, uh, this is the first expansion where we've seen, you know, official streams and stuff. It's the first time mm-hmm. we actually see all the nitty gritty details, and I think it's been really exciting to see. Uh, how things actually work behind the scenes because in the in the past it's always just been you know uh, behind closed doors and all of a sudden you know a winner has been announced and you're like oh okay they won again yay whatever uh now you actually get to see how 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 it works and and behind the scenes and and stuff like that and i think that's really interesting and Mm -hmm. it's not it's not just the two of us i mean i think when the for the kill uh, this time there was like 115,000 people watching or something like that and it's a good chunk of people it, and it's the largest World of Warcraft event actually going on they actually have more viewers than Blizzard's official uh, uh, events themselves so this is a big deal and it's 
it's really interesting to to see what has happened up until now. So what I wanted to talk about is a little bit of, of what we want and what we might expect of the future of, of the the race to world first because uh you know the next season so to say starts later this year when the new expansion comes out um so i remember you brought up something where you kind of discussed the idea of a global release in the sense of the way that it works for those who don't know is that the patch cycle comes through and when the raid is released, it's released in the United States first. It's released in the NA region first. Mm-hmm. And then what is it, about 12, 16 hours or something like that later? Yeah. Uh, then it's released on the EU side. And that's kind of how it's been since Wild's inception. Mm-hmm. That's been the cycle that they kind of settled in on. And a lot of people, since the race has now become this big thing that everybody can see, now it's why not release it all at the same time? Mm. Um, they've proven that they can do stuff like that with the global release of the expansion. Now, there was an interview with Ian Hazakostas yep. that went up recently, and I believe they asked him this, and uh, I might get this wrong, but please correct me if so. I believe he said, we, WoW is not an eSport. Like, World of Warcraft in itself is not an eSport other than, like, the arena. And we're not really looking at changing things for the sake of like the world first race. Like that's kind of a thing that's community driven. We have no real role in that. And I guess from what he said, they're not really looking, not saying that it won't happen, but they're not really looking at changing that in order to make it. um, No, I I think one of the, one of the issues was also how, how would you handle that? Because one thing is, and that's something that I actually didn't think about myself, because one thing is, let's just imagine that let's really everyone's, Let's release the raid day one at the same time worldwide. Uh, obviously, you know, let's just say that you re- release it in the morning for the NA. Obviously, that's, you know, way later for the EU. That's the middle of the night. And I don't even know uh, from the Asian guilds what time that is. Uh, but that that's actually not so much the issue. Uh, the raiders would totally do that. They don't, they, mm-hmm. they don't care. They're, they're, they just want to, you know, they, they are... The, they just want to, to to race. They just want to to be part of it. So they don't care if they have to stay up half of the night. But the issue comes the week after, because sometimes, um, sometimes you know the we the, the race takes longer than just one a week week reset. So yeah. the issue comes the week after because then the, the there the normal resets will be you know Tuesdays for the NA. Wednesdays for um, EU and Thursday for for Asia. So if they all have the same starting point, but they have different resets, then some guilds have longer or shorter time on uh, on the raid before the reset. And mm-hmm. is that is that fair to uh, to the race as well? So they can't really, regardless how they do it, they can't really um, do it so it's fair for everyone, unless you know. Blizzard at some point decides that all right, we'll just we'll we'll keep these resets, uh, uh, you know, the global release. Then we also have the global resets until it's uh, killed. And I don't, I, 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 I don't see that happen. And also imagine this is like the top one percent or even less of the of the player base that does this kind of thing. So 
how about the normal player? Do, do they, they have mm-hmm. to wait for a strange, weird reset in the beginning just because someone wants to raise race to to the world first? So I think that's the main issue. It's sad because I think you know I would love to see you know a little bit more even playing field uh, for all the girls, um, but I can also see how it's difficult to actually you know make it equal. And I think that that's part of the reason why it's so good that we occasionally do have these developers that come on and speak to the community, because regardless of whether or not people agree with everything that they say, it is good to kind of get a perspective into their mindset of things and what Mm. they, what the things that are going on on their end. I think that the world would do a little bit better if occasionally we tried to think about things from other people's perspective before throwing out a judgment call or just saying like, well, this benefits me more. So I want to do it this way. Mm. Um, And I think it's good that he spoke on that in terms of what I might want to see from the future. I really don't know. Mm. Um, It's a really weird thing. I'm always at work when it happens anyway. Um, I know some people complain about if you were to watch method stream, how many breaks they take, but that's their, their way of doing things. Like that's how Mm. they, they do things. And while it may not be the most entertaining, like nonstop all the way through, I don't think there's any real feasible way to make it entertaining nonstop all the way through. No, that is both definitely one of the issues as well. I think Method has uh, done a, uh, are doing a better job every time because they're getting more and more guilds in. Be- I mean, obviously, it's method stream. They will focus on method when method is having uh, progression. Um, but I think they did a good job of having other guilds as well. So when uh, there was nothing going on in method, then you could watch other guilds and, and the, the casters mm-hmm. were casting other guilds uh, in, in the top, top 10 as well. And I think... That is something that helps a little bit uh, in in that regards. But at the end of the day, I think most people come to to see method raid anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 a difficult balancing act, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see if because I I think definitely the meme right now is that method is taking a lot of breaks. Um, but limit this time around sort of broke the meta on how to do things by having a 21st person, like one extra player who's not in the raid, but he has point of view and he's the one raid leading everyone else. Uh, and by in that way, he can focus 100%. He's the coach, he's the whatever you would call him. And so he can, you know, um, focus to 100% on, on raid leading and, and don't have to play himself um, Method has not done this this year, but they're definitely talking about that. That's what they want to do going forward. Uh, so that would also would also help it, you know, all the breaks because the reason why they take breaks is because they need to set up all mm-hmm. these, you know, tactics and stuff like that. But if they are more people on the sideline that can do that while the others are focused on playing, then you know you can get more more pulls in and you can be more efficient and. Um, it seems like that is the way to go, um, yeah. which is sounds cool and all, but the issue is also that you know we have other we have other guilds as well that don't have the possibility to do this uh, big grand setup that Limited Method mm-hmm. is doing. So it's it's cool for the overall race between those two guilds to see what will they do next, how will they figure out how to beat each other. But it's all it also increases the you know the whole. Uh, 
preparation and all the people that you need to get involved to do this. So smaller raiding guilds might get a little bit lost and get behind when it gets to this. And that obviously is also sad because, you know, a race is just more fun when there's more people mm -hmm. who has the possibility to actually get that first spot. And that's the problem with a lot of things. Like the people at the top get more money, more exposure pumped into the ecosystem, and therefore they get a little bit more of an advantage in terms of if you know about them, you're more willing to support, you're more willing to help, um, they're more visible. So like you said, those smaller guilds, they do kind of get lost in the wash of things, and then you do just have Team 1 and Team 2, and that's yep. all there is, even though the scene is much larger than that. Like I know that there's 10 guilds that have already cleared it, and yet I can't name you uh, the third team. All I know is 1 and 2. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So. I think the third team was... Uh, I know. I don't remember. I know. I remember the ninth one. I remember the ninth one. <laughs> That's a random one to remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's aversion. It's German guild, and I just you know because my uh, I don't know. I, I just rooted aversion. for Germany. Didn't yeah. aversion? Did they um? Did they claim a world first in the past, like way back when? Are they one of those ones? I don't think so. Not that I remember. Okay. Maybe one of the uh, not an end There's boss at least, but maybe you know one of you know boss on the way i just remember the name for whatever reason but. yeah they, they were on the method stream uh, and they were they were mm. they were the local german team uh so yeah i just remember those those guys all right yeah. all right well i guess that's uh good enough for the race world first for now um but we're gonna kind of keep on this small train of Choo -choo. like a visible visible games and we're gonna switch it up in terms of Esports and just simply if what esports we watch that way you guys can see a little bit more into what we're interested in um, right now currently actually it's on right now Rocket League I mm. watch a lot of the uh, the Rocket League games it's absolutely one of my favorite games to watch and if you are one of those people that enjoy watching sports but maybe you haven't quite found an esport that you could get into maybe the breaks are too long or the game is too complicated to really follow i think rocket league is a great one to watch because it's similar to soccer it's hmm. soccer with cars and it's very easy to understand yet when you go in the game and you try to do it yourself you're missing the ball you're running into things you're not able to do it and it just i love watching rocket league um i've been trying to catch some league of legends which is really weird because I've never traditionally watched League of Legends, but I've been getting into it. Uh, Call of Duty. Oddly enough, I've been enjoying watching Call of Duty with the new Modern Warfare. Hmm. Um, I enjoy watching the competitive scene there. And the biggest one that I still watch is StarCraft 2, which has been a mainstay for me watching since about 2010. Yeah. I don't really follow esports too closely, but I do... Of the ones that you mentioned, StarCraft 2, I've watched through my time a lot of StarCraft 2. I really, I like the game. I know how it works. So I think that's why it also is, is interesting to watch because, you know, the, the first few minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, I don't know, uh, is quite boring because nothing too much happening. They're just building up mm -hmm. the armies and it's not until, you know, towards the end of the fight that uh, you have these armies clashing off against each other that, you know, it starts to get a little bit more interesting. But I really mm -hmm. like watching it. I love watching these players just, you know, 
doing that crazy stretch, I'm like, I can never pull this off. I would have to practice for so many years mm -hmm. to just get close to that. Uh, so it is really interesting for me to to watch uh, that because for because I know the game, I, I know exactly what skill level you need to be playing mm -hmm. at to, to pull stuff like that off. Yeah, it's a very high skill ceiling. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I, I think I agree with you. If you're not really too much into esports, but you want to try and dive into it, Rocket League is a really good place to start. It's really entertaining. Uh, it, it's easy to jump into the game, to jump into yourself and actually see, okay, this is not as easy as I, as it looks like, as these players make it look like. Uh, you definitely uh, can feel there's a skill, mm -hmm. skill level there as well. But it's really entertaining to watch. And uh, I, I sometimes just put it on on my second monitor at work or whatever, uh, just, you know, uh, following if there's a tournament going on and stuff like that, because it, it is just, it's it's amazing watching these players go crazy. Yeah, it's a good time. And like I said, we're not going to dabble in eSports too much because probably none of us follow it enough to give you like the top players or teams in any of them. Um, <laughs> but I, we just enjoy them from time to time. So I guess we're going to go into our big first uh, game dive the ones that we've personally been playing and that will be Wilson Lords of Mayhem which is oh, yes. the new ARPG by Wilson Studios it is their first game release and for those who don't know what an ARPG is essentially it is a uh, action role-playing game ARPG it is seen from above your character and you're clicking to lead them through whatever caverns or castles or setting that may be available and you're destroying a bunch of monsters to get loot uh, unveil a story mode and play ridiculous amounts of hours in an end game. <laughs> so uh, games that are similar to this would be Diablo, Path of Exile, Torchlight, things along those lines. So I know we've both dabbled in it for about two hours or so, uh, maybe a little bit more. I have an achievement that you don't just want to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> um, I am really enjoying the game so far. I think visually it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love the sound design. The oh yes, maybe the music is sometimes a little bit iffy uh, oh, based really? on where I'm at. I think so. Like it sounds sometimes too loud for what I'm actually doing. Like I might be in a cave yeah. and the music is a little bit louder than what I might traditionally you, like. You try and be in a cave in real life and you're like, oh, I'm scared, pantsless. Uh, I think the music is proper. <laughs> well there's no music when i go into a cave in real life oh. um yeah so i i just sometimes i guess it just i notice it there when i don't feel like i want to notice like that bit i just want it to be more of like an ambiance type deal like in a cave or something like that but i mean it's not horrible it's not a deal it's good music like that yeah oh yeah it's good music um and i really like the like the visceral sounds that happen when you destroy a monster or you cast a spell or the things that you're doing. So mm. sound design, I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, really good. I remember that when I locked into the game for the first time, I was like, oh, this looks very, very familiar. I have been playing a lot of hours of uh, Diablo 3. So when I locked in and saw that screen, I was like, oh, down here in the corner is the uh, button for the menus, just like in Diablo. Up here is the create character, just like in Diablo. Oh, the buttons actually have the very same <laughs> design-ish as well. So, I mean, it, it's very clear that they have, um, you know, 
taken out of a lot of uh, uh, what's it called inspiration from Diablo, mm-hmm. from Path of Exile, and you know games of the like, and sort of like from everything that's out there right now fused their own game. But it, I mean, it's not a bad thing that it's inspired um, uh, a lot f- from these guy- games. But I also feel like when you start playing, you, you clearly start to see the differences between, the, uh, for instance, Diablo. That's the one that I know the best. So, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm really really enjoying it so far. It, it's it's really fun to just slowly, you know, discovering all these systems that are actually are mm-hmm. there. Um, and and I like that. I don't have to be online to play it. One other game I remember, Diablo 3, had an issue with that in the beginning where servers yeah. had issues, stuff like that. This one you can jump in and, you know, just play, even though the servers are down or that you're, you know, off the internet. So Yeah, because the servers were down when I logged in. Mm. So I, I, I had to I, play I, offline. Yeah, same here. So, <laughs> so I, I guess they learned from the best uh, when it comes to this kind of games, and I really like that all the things that you can actually, you know, uh, your spells, you can, you can, uh, they have their own a talent, small mm-hmm. talent tree, so you can build your spells how you want to play it. You can build you, even though you are a caster type, I believe you you can go in and be a little bit more like brawler type. You don't mm-hmm. just have to cast spells, and it really feels like you can customize it. A lot, and it, uh, that's one of the things that I loved about Diablo One, that you could sort of do similar things where you could you could make make a, a battle mage basically, mm-hmm. and and you, and you weren't really able to in the in the games that came after that. So, uh, so I'm I'm really enjoying that right now, even though I, th- I think I'm I'm going down the line of a traditional caster at the moment. But you know, maybe someday I will fool around and see what I can, what crazy character I can build. Yeah, and I think that that's that's one of the amazing things that it brings to the table compared to some other things is that that balance of you, like you brought up the battle mage idea. And I think that people that play like dungeons and dragons and things like that, that's kind of like, or if, even if you watch like Lord of the Rings, you want to be Gandalf, but you also want to be Gandalf with the sword that can just suddenly (laughs) start slicing things up and hitting people with the staff, not always just casting spells. Um, for those who don't know, like this game has so much customization that I haven't even delved all the way into. But like Marty mentioned, you can customize the spells. So I'm doing a caster as well where you can shoot fireballs. But then at a certain level, you can choose like a rune or something like that in order to make it so that your fireballs split into two and they're able to hit two different enemies, but they just do less damage. So it's more of like an AOE type deal. Um, you're not pigeonholed into, I can only do fire. There's like frost spells and arcane spells, um, similar to Diablo where they have those as well. But I'm really liking the different character customizations and I am streaming the game. So Hmm. I might create a whole second character that's, I play off stream, just like a different type of character, probably a melee character because I really, for those who don't know, I love like the barbarian type characters. Just go in there, take a bunch of damage, but smack things in the face as you go along. And if you can regain health by smacking things in the face, that's my favorite type of character. So <laughs> uh, one thing I would like to bring up is that it is essentially it's an indie game. Mm. It's an indie game and the visuals are amazing considering that it's an indie game. Some of the audio in terms of voice 
um, the main characters have good voice and good dialogue. But if you're walking through town and you hear some of it, some of it is like really good. And then others are like Warcraft three when it first came out and like, what are we going over here? <laughs> it's just, it's pretty funny to see some, some of the things I was laughing a little bit on stream with that. Yeah. But no, I mean, overall, obviously there's small things like that, but overall it, it looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. It plays really well. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely worth, uh, I don't know how much it is in dollars, but the 30 euros that I paid for it, it's it's definitely worth that, um, in my opinion. So far at least, I don't know the story, obviously. I haven't played through all, all, mm-hmm. the whole storyline. I don't know how that is, but I'm really I'm really interested in the world at the moment. I'm really interested to, to see what's going to happen and and you know even though the sound quality or whatever isn't super always super good on those small side characters whatever people you're you're walking by in the city it still adds so much to the whole flavor of the world and you yeah. know, makes you understand the world a little bit better or just or maybe just figure out what's going on here right now stuff like that i really feel like it, they have done an amazing good job at you know taking all the good stuff, all the good bits from, from mm-hmm. these type of games and merged into their own experience. Yep. So if anybody there out there is looking to play a new ARPG, definitely check out Wilson. I think we both play it on PC mm-hmm. and you can get it through Steam. But it is by... Um, I don't... I'm going to check it out right now. I'm just trying to check to see if it is available on Xbox as well. Um, I don't think so, but I just want to double check. And it doesn't look like it. It just looks like it's on Windows. So have to be a PC user on that front. Um, but we're going to move on. Uh, Marty has a, um, a bit of a game that launched with some controversy and a bunch of different things. So why don't you fill us in what's going on here? Yeah, um, Anthem. Uh, some people might have heard of it. Uh, it's um, an open world, also RPG's world, but in the future with rope flying robots and you inside of it. And sounds amazing. Didn't quite play that well when we actually got our hands on the game and released. And uh, there's a lot of issues with first in the beginning, a lot of issues with just how it played, and but also just end game content not really being there and yeah it, it 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 seems like well a lot of stories came out afterwards that you know the the development had been really really pushed to the limit uh in case when it comes to to you know pace and and when it needed to be out and stuff like that so there was a lot of issues with it and uh, now the developers finally came out and said you know what we're not going to continue down this road that we had a roadmap we're going to scratch it. We are working on Anthem 2.0. We want to actually make this experience a good experience for everyone. We want to fix the game. Um, so that's where that's the road they're headed down at right now. And what I find, I, I think it's, I think it's it's a good point that they finally reached that we need to do something here. Uh, this isn't working. We want this to be a game that is also played maybe a decade in in the future, and where it is right now, that is just not gonna going to happen. So they are going to you know reboot the game, reboot the end game, and 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 try and fix all these small things that uh, well that basically makes this game a, a bad game at the moment. And I think that's that's a good thing. It's 
uh, it, it's a shame that, that it took them like a year to realize this, but uh, I think it, it it can potentially save this game because we have seen it with games uh, like Diablo 3 that we just talked about. It launched, um, had a, quite a few, <laughs> few issues when we reached Endgame and stuff like that. And with the next expansion for the game, they fixed a lot of all this stuff. And then after that, it actually turned into a big su- success story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different pieces that go into doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it work, like you mentioned, Diablo 3, when Reaper of Souls came out, it kind of fixed a lot of those issues that the base game had yeah. that people had brought up. Um, we've seen it with Final Fantasy 14 when it first released, it was not in a good state, and they took a step back and they continued to work on it, and then arguably it's the second biggest MMO right now, um, aside from World of Warcraft. And some might say that it rivals World of Warcraft in terms of numbers. I don't know how accurate that is. These companies don't always share the numbers. But uh, on that front, we also have games like Battlefront 2, which launched with a horrible pay system and loot box system and they took that out and from what i understand the game is actually in a very good state right now Mm. the problem is is that regardless of if you put a lot of effort time and let's say they come out of this at the end and it is a great game Mm. are people going to be willing to give that great game a chance or did they squander their chance because they built every they built this game up they advertised it as this amazing thing going into the future and they squandered their chance. Are people going to want to return to it? Also, how many years is it going to be before they get to the point? And will that genre still kind of be relevant to people that are currently in the game? The game space sometimes moves so quickly that one minute, this could be the next big thing. And the next moment it's gone. Um, We noticed that right now, they still have high numbers, but MOBAs are kind of like they're fading out a bit. Mm. They started fading out once the the Battle Royale games came out. And if you think about it, what big news have you really heard about Battle Royale games? Like what's going to be that next thing that's going to come around? Because I think we're in a point right now where Ninja moved to Mixer, right? Yeah, Ninja moved to Mixer. That was like <laughs> a big thing. Uh, and then the Fortnite Season 2 thing started. Um but I don't know how much those games are actually growing. Mm. So what's going to be that next big thing that comes down the line? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd remember, just go back a little bit time before we had high speed internet and stuff like that. Uh, when, I don't want to. Well, <laughs> just, just, just imagine just for a second. It was a dark time for the force. <laughs> but, but was it? Because if you made <laughs> if you made a game, you had you know you you wanted to make a good quality game because you mm-hmm. had one chance at it. Because once it was out there, then that's the game. And and if it get great reviews, you win. If it got bad reviews, then you didn't win as quite win as yeah. much. Where in, in these days, uh, you can basically fix a lot of st- stuff on the fly because I, I don't even remember when I bought a physical game. Um, it's everything is digital download. They can patch stuff straight away. You don't even won't even notice. 
and uh, stuff like that. So in a, in a world like that, it's cool. It's obviously great that you can do that. You can fix broken games like Anthem and, and stuff like that. But it also is... There's been a tendency to just sort of like be like, all right, let's just push this game out of the factory as fast as possible, and then we'll fix it on the fly. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that just doesn't, it doesn't really sit well with me. I mean, sure, that can, that can be small bugs that you know you just can't. You you need a uh, people to test to figure out. Uh, that's actually one of the things coming going back to the race to wall first uh the interview with with the developer Ian uh it was actually interesting for me to see because they talked about some bugs that uh it was just impossible for them to actually see them in their testing environment because mm-hmm. you won't you wouldn't actually see it on, until you actually you know got the all the player feedback and and the numbers and stuff like that so it's just inter- interesting how sometimes you know Things like that can work, and I, I think that's fine. Small bugs like that, it's fine. You can fix that on the go, but just, just you know, pushing out a, a, a basically broken game and then just fixing mm-hmm. it on the fly. I feel like that's wrong. It's it's yeah. Then you don't show the proper respect to me as a gamer. Yeah, that's what upsets me is that they'll put out these pre-orders and ultimate editions and ultimate times 10 edition. <laughs> um, and they want you to do all this, but then they don't treat your money with respect. Mm. Like, I used to pre-order games all the time, but I stopped doing it because these companies are now releasing games that like you mentioned, it seems like they're almost like, let's just push this out and we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Like, why is it coming out like that? Um, one of the biggest thing that gets to me is content does your game have content uh for the price like 60 bucks is not cheap to pay for a game and i want to feel like i actually have content uh two are optimization issues um i'm not a developer so i can only imagine how difficult it is to make sure that your games work on every configuration and things like that but at the same time that's your job um if a grocer wasn't able to bag my stuff properly, then I'd be like, yo, what are you doing? Like, mm. it's your job to make sure that these things are working. So why do we have all of these, not necessarily like you mentioned, the bugs that you can only see when thousands and millions of people are playing at one time and then they suddenly pop up, but rather these graphical glitches where your characters are clipping through and slowdowns in areas where it shouldn't really slow down or it just doesn't run on your system for whatever reason those really get to me in a negative way and i just wish that companies would take a step back um and take their time with their games and push it out when it's ready i understand that sometimes we do need that deadline because if there is no deadline then an artist will keep trying to fix their painting for forever because it's never good enough to the artist's eye yeah. but but at the same time don't force it if it's not ready and some of these games that come out you're like it's so obvious that this is not ready yeah like who is qa testing like get rid of the qa team invite the players to come play it like pay the players to play it for a little bit and tell you everything that is going on with that game so that you can get an actual opinion from the people that are going to play the game because it just feels like they're getting people that don't understand gaming to QA testies because they're coming out and it's just like, are you serious? <laughs> Who greenlit this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a bit of a rough situation. Uh, obviously, I wish the best for Anthem because I want games to succeed. Like, if games succeed, that's better for us because it creates a more competitive environment. 
it's enjoyable for us to play. Yeah. So let's I mean, get better I, games out there. I like the idea of it. I played it. I didn't mm-hmm. really get, didn't really understand the loot system too much. And I was like, yeah, okay. Why? Well, uh, yeah. I don't really know why I'm playing this game. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and I mean, that's sad because I, I think the world has potential. The whole idea has potential. Uh, it could be a cool game. So fig- mm-hmm. fingers crossed, maybe maybe they will turn the ship around and it will be a, a, it will become a, a good game. Um, I'm looking forward to see what's happening to it because I, I actually, actually got a little bit like, hey, maybe I want to jump back in and just because I haven't finished the story yet. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I want to jump back in and, you know, finish up the story and prepare myself for when the reboot hits. And on the opposite end, I have not delved in and I don't plan on delving in because I know that there's a reboot. So why would I mm. delve in now? Yeah. I mean, if you haven't bought it yet and you're unsure, then I would say definitely wait and see what mm-hmm. what the reviews are saying, uh, what the players are saying when when, when this reboot mm-hmm. has happened. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I think I just want to finish up real quick with just a few games that I know I'm looking forward to that are coming out in March because we are mid-February right now. Mm-hmm. And this is probably something I'd like to add in like one episode per month or something like that. It's just simply what's exciting coming out on the horizon. Uh, my first game is Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, which is a Metroidvania platform game. I know a lot of people don't like the term Metroidvania because it's been overused, but uh, Essentially, Metroidvania are games that you're in an area, but there's so many different levels to the area that you can't get to yet because you don't have skills or abilities that you haven't found yet. So Mm. later on in the game, you find those and you must go back to that area to get the power ups that you might find and things along those lines. So I'm looking forward to that. That should be on multiple different consoles as well as PC. Yeah, I didn't know about this game. well, the first one, I didn't know about it until my girlfriend actually got a... She, she bought herself a Switch, and this is one of the games. I don't know if it... I think that was a demo of it uh, that she tried out, and she enjoyed it, and then she bought the full game. And I and uh, uh, and I had to step in and help, and there was specific you know <laughs> levels and stuff that she couldn't get through. And, and I was like, oh, this actually... It looks amazing. Yes. Uh, and it plays so good. It plays so well. I really enjoyed it. I mean... When I was younger, I, I really enjoyed platform games. Uh, you know, the old school Mario and and uh, Lost Vikings and mm-hmm. uh, a few of those that I played. James Pond, um, but I haven't really. It's not a, a game genre that I have kept up with, and and the ones that I have tried haven't really captivated me. But this one actually did. I really, really enjoyed the artwork and how it looked and felt and sounded and and uh, and. I definitely want to finish the first one first, play it through on my own, and not just the bits that my girlfriend can play mm-hmm. uh, before I delve into this new one. But I am actually excited for there to be a sequel to this, uh, even though yeah. I still haven't played through the first one yet. Yeah, so the first one does have a story to it, too. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely check it out and explore that story. Uh, next up, Animal Crossing New Horizons for the Nintendo, for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I say casual because I will delve into it casually, but I understand the way that Animal Crossing works. Um, there are people that get fanatical about it, and they play it nonstop. Uh, when I was talking to Marty about it, because he was like, what the heck is this Animal Crossing <laughs> business? I likened it kind of to The Sims, where it feels like you're not doing too much. You're fishing, you're catching bugs, you're shaking trees to get fruit, you're delivering letters and stuff for your villagers. 
it feels like on the outside is very casual. And then the next moment, you know, uh, you've, haven't taken a shower for three days you're still playing the game your boss is yelling when are you going to come back to work and you just say one more fish and you keep playing uh so animal crossing i'm looking forward to delving into it i've only played the gamecube version and the 3ds version nothing in the middle there i've never tried it don't know what it is heard a lot of people talking about it and by the sounds of it uh definitely something i shouldn't play because three days later (laughs) you know (laughs) You're going to miss Raid Night. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, something that is a bit more uh, visceral, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit of heavy metal thrown in there. Looking forward to Doom Eternal. Yes. Yes. Love me some Doom. Uh, The 2016 Doom took a lot of people by surprise. It was good. And how great it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved it. I bought it on PlayStation 4. The game corrupted. When I was towards, I was on like the last area and it corrupted on me, so I couldn't finish the game. So I got it on PC and I beat it there. <laughs> I don't know. That's I, how much I liked it. Yeah, I, I still need to finish the first, uh, the 2016 version. I haven't finished it yet, uh, but I'm also a little bit afraid of going back to it now because there's also that you know when you come back to the game you haven't played for a while, you need to get back into the controls. And I, th- I feel like I'm in an area of the game right now where if I went back in right now. I would die horribly. So if that's the case, start a new game so you get the hang of the controls again, then jump into that version to your further save. That way you're more familiar. It's an FPS. Yeah. Point shoot, right? True. And jump point ar- shoot, yeah. And run away and jump around and, and and pull out their heads with your bare hands. It's an FPS. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm wanting to play it right now, but <laughs> now I just want to jump in. Um, but yeah, those are just few of the games that I'm looking forward to in March. And hopefully once March hits, we will be able to discuss some of them on the show. Um, but I think for now we're, we're at the end of episode one. We did it. I don't know how long we've been going for. I know. Let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> it's a little, a little bit longer than we wanted to, but we got there. We got there. So uh, more, I guess more than likely in the future, we're going to shoot for probably uh, 45 minutes or so to an hour but I'm guessing that this went over an hour. No, not yet, not yet. Oh, not yet. Okay, no, so we're still We still good. have a few minutes. We still have a few minutes. It's fine. All right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, we haven't we haven't really been on a podcast together for ages, so we've been just, you know, just talked. You know, it happens. Just let the juices flow. Exactly. Just let it go. <laughs> so we would love to hear what you think about this, what you want to hear from us and stuff like that, but we haven't really set up any social media yet, so good luck with getting all that information <laughs> to us. Uh, eventually, we'll get all that stuff set up so we can um, keep in contact with each other and um, you can tell us how bad we did or how awesome we were when we talked about the race to well first or whatever. You can also just don't care and just listen to the show. It's fine. Yep. And um, if you are interested in updates, you could follow my personal Twitter, which is Acid Tears. That's A C I D T E A R Z 111. If you follow me there over on Twitter, then you'll be sure to get some information once we start getting the ball rolling and getting all the info. I'll post it there. We'll work on probably getting a Twitter for the show as well. That way, yep. it'll just be easier for everybody to understand. And you can follow me at sleeplessincph 
sleepless in CPH on everywhere that's a social and media. Um, that that's me. All right, everybody, that's the show. So thank you for joining us on our first episode. Like we said, we are lagging the bells and whistles that will come down the line, but we hope that you enjoyed episode one. And until next time, everybody, you take care of yourselves and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. Thank <laughs> you.